Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. Hey, you know, it is that time of year, springtime. Spring is in the air. Uh, the, the flowers are blossoming. The fruit is starting to, uh, to grow on the trees. And uh, as always, our thoughts turn to food. Top 5 wow. spring oh, snacks. Top 5 spring snacks this week on Top 5. And Matthew, you're over there, I know, just chomping at the bit. Hopefully that's not one of your spring snacks. But oh, you're chomping at the, the bit to get started. How about you start us off with your number five? Certainly. Now, I have to, I have to lead with a caveat this week because, um, as we've mentioned in previous shows, I am, uh, I believe the, the technical term is fatter than holy hell. And so I don't really understand the concept of food Snack? for a different season. Oh, I, oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's like if I like something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat a bunch of it whenever it is any time of year. So you'll find me trying to eat a kiwi fruit in the depths of winter. And, you know, I, well, I you think know, that really it, I, it used to be that there was until we had, you know, global, uh, global economies and shipping, you know, right. uh, strawberries from South America. It used to be you could only get, sure. you know, strawberries at seasonal, seasonal time. Same way with kiwi, kiwi fruit would have been a seasonal thing. Oranges would have been a seasonal thing. Bananas would have been a seasonal thing. But now we can get food year round. But I think there's still foods that maybe we all think about more in the springtime than we do in the dead of winter. That's true. I mean, I'll straight up drive on a parkway and park in a driveway. I don't damn. I don't give a damn. But here's the thing. My number five is something that I always think of as sort of a springy snack. And it's weird because one of the actual components of it literally is called summer sausage. But uh, a, a springy snack for me, I really, really used to love when we were kids when uh, people didn't want to cook. So dinner would be some slices of cheese, some slices of sausage, and some Ritz crackers. Mm -hmm. Just cheese and sausage. It's a nice, cool thing. Nobody has to cook. You get kind of, you know, what we used to call the four food groups. Now it's some sort of pyramid. I don't know. By the time my kid grows up, it's going to be like a food ziggurat. It's fourth dimensional. You're going to have to be getting all sorts of different things. But if you take a little piece of cheese, uh, sharper the better as far as I'm concerned, but a really sharp cheddar and a hunk of sausage, a dry sausage, not necessarily something, you know, oh, yeah. really Slim squishy. Jim. Slim Jim's. Yeah. Ah, like, you know, your, your prosciutto, your salami, your, your summer sausage, and you stick it on a cracker. Now, in my house, we actually buy Ritz crackers, but that's because for 40 years, my family couldn't afford things with labels. And so we would eat the, the really, really dry ones. They come in a yellow box with black words that just said crackers on them. But no matter what they are, you get sort of that little sandwich feel. You know, some, sometimes people will go and buy the Lunchables. Not the same thing. You need a quality sausage. You need some really good cheese and you need to just be incredibly lazy and just sit in your living room and just eat that. Uh, if you're feeling really, really frugy, what you can do is you can just stand over the sink and stare at the electric clock while you eat your cheese, sausage and crackers. In the springtime, the only pretty ringtime, birds sing, hey, ding, a ding, a ding. And that's my number five. Awesome. Uh, my number five happens to have the word spring in it. Spring rolls. Yeah. Oh, I do like Spring rolls. I'm not a big fan of the, uh, you know, the fried egg roll, but the spring roll, it's because of the wrapper that it's in is, I don't know. I find it so much more delightful. Uh, just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have the snap. It doesn't have the grease dripping off of it like you would, uh, you know, the, the egg roll, but Ooh, a spring roll with, uh, the different kinds of stuff inside, whatever they put inside, you know, the, the vegetables, or sometimes you get a, a shrimp spring roll or something like that. Mm -hmm. Delightful, delightful. And, uh, you know, I don't even mind my spring rolls being a little chilled. 
right? So, you know, mm-hmm. they you've popped them in the refrigerator uh, after dinner. you got a few leftovers. And then, you know, about 11 o'clock at night, you're getting a little snacky again. And you just open up the fridge and there's a spring roll going, well, hello, we meet again. I didn't think you were going to come after me this soon. And I look right back at it and I say, ho, ho, you thought wrong, spring roll. <laughs> spring rolls are actually my number three. Oh, yeah? Why do you have and spring rolls as your you. number three? There's there's actually something that will come up that's really weird. Depending on which culture it's from, spring roll can mean different things. Because uh-huh. if you go to the local grocery store in the uh, the uh, food aisle, the international food aisle, you'll find spring rolls that are little deep fried ones. Mm. But I agree with you. The ones that I like are the really, really the they're cool. Usually they're yeah, like yeah. Uh, some carrots and some, mm-hmm. some carrots celery and some, or some celery kale. or something. Yeah. The the local Vietnamese restaurant actually has a shrimp spring roll with that nearly transparent yep. rice paper. That's, that's the one that I like. Oh, and they serve it with this peanut sauce. Mm-hmm. And I would just I drink the sauce all day long. <laughs> But I really love it's really kind of cool and refreshing and you don't have the, you know, the heaviness of grease, but you get yep. sort of the same bite, the same mm-hmm. sort of feel without having to be, you know, superheated and, you know, dipped in flaming oil. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Two for one right there uh, in our number five. Uh, Rodrigo, <laughs> what do you have for your number five? Is it also a spring roll? Is it, uh, is it, it is. It is. It is not a spring no. roll. Um, when I was a when I was a little kid, I ate too many egg rolls, mm-hmm. and then I felt really bad. And it has taken me a while to get back on to egg rolls. And it kind of spring rolls. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, it kind of looks that, the same like, thing. Yeah. Yeah, it it's kind of like that peanut base. I think that that really has kind of turned me off, but. You know, I've eaten a few recently, and it, it wasn't too bad. Uh, but no, my number five uh, is actually uh, graham crackers. Ooh, graham crackers. And, and some milk. And you might think it's like, well, that's not like, a, oh, it's like starting to warm, get warm outside kind of snack. That's like maybe like an inside, like watching TV kind of snuggle up snack. And that's true because... The majority of the spring here in the Pacific Northwest is actually cold and rainy. They tell you it's spring, but the only difference is that it's maybe the sky is not raining all the time, but (laughs) actually it's still kind of cold and rainy. So at least for the beginning of the spring, most years, um, you there's no reason to go outside. And, you know, the flowers are coming in because, again, native flowers are like, yeah, man, it's spring. Let's go. We, we're getting a, a fractional amount more sunlight, so we're here. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sensing it. So I'm inside, probably watching a movie, making, putting my graham crackers in milk and letting them get soft, and then I'm like, <laughs> like a little grandma. <laughs> um, so that's my number five. There you go. Can't, can't go wrong with that. Do you ever do the uh, graham crackers with the icing in the middle? Were you ever that kind uh, of a person? Like the, the Dunkaroos? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, Dunkaroos, but I mean, we used to make them where you just get some cake frosting and slather it in between, make your own little sandwich oh. out of it. I, I, we never made our own, but there are, you know, there are some similar things. The, the, I, in my house, um, like my, my dad's uh, like pioneering invention was, you know, you take, you get the graham crackers that come all in like a big rectangle that's mm-hmm. segmented. Mm-hmm. And then you get a bunch of them at a time and you dip all of them at once <laughs> and then you take a big bite of it. So it's like a sizable amount of graham crackers. Of course, right. 
the timing is very important because if you dip them for too long, when you go to bite them, they fall off yeah. into your milk, and then, and then what? What is even the point of life? Right. Do you ever have, you have a... to like? If you have to reach for a spoon to get your graham crackers out of your milk, then you're, <laughs> then, then that's just anarchy. There you go. Do you ever have the sponge that has that graham cracker crust? Uh, yeah, I've had sponge before. If you dip your sponge in milk, then your milk really just becomes sponge. Sponge um, milk. Because it's it's sponge is covered in like sprinkles and jelly and like all kinds of like food coloring, so I, I think a sponge is better dry. There you go. Uh, we will transition from dry sponge into our number fours. And Matthew, what do you have as your number four spring snack? My number four spring snack is actually one that I remember from when I was a child. And this is the thing about when I was a child: there was a very fine line there was a, a i guess a short window in aeronautical terms of time between the point where my grandmother would cook all the time and make lots of really cool stuff and then the point where my grandmother was like i'm 80 screw you guys i'm going home and so during that window occasionally and almost always you know during cool weather my grandmother would make these no-bake cookies, and I see things that are like them in the stores. They call them peanut butter no-bake cookies, but hers weren't peanut butter. They were oatmeal and chocolate. Yeah, peanut butter is like, the ingredient that binds it. Yeah, so, but it, she, I don't think she used peanut butter because the ones that I eat now have a very different flavor. You can tell there's peanut butter in them. I don't know what she used, if it was condensed milk or brown sugar or whatever it was, but it's basically just oats and some butter and some secret, you know, grandma freaky ingredient. I don't know, maybe like an egg from a dragon. It's hard to say. I mean, for me, there's really no difference between gourmet cooking and sorcery. That's it. I mean, I can make a lasagna and I can microwave stuff. So, but when it comes to these cookies, the ones that were, when I was a child, much like Steven's Pizza Hut theory, they were better than something about them was better than the ones that you can get now at the store or the ones that my kid knows how to make. And they were just so creamy and they were cool and you could have them. They were just a little bit of like, not even crunchy, just sort of a resistance from the oatmeal in there. Yeah, and they so, were so good. Depending on, you know, the the no-bake cookies, the oatmeal no-bake cookies, uh, mm-hmm. depending on how you make them, can get hard really, really fast to where they're just kind of, kind of like crumbly. It has to do with the butter that you use. If you're mm-hmm. using real butter, they stay softer mm-hmm. longer. But if you're using, like, fake butter or a butter substitute, they can uh, cake up on you and get super hard super fast until they're just a crumbly yeah. mass. So, more than likely... That's what is the difference between now and then is your grandma used some real butter. Yeah, real butter that she got Lard. from the chickens. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that's great is if they're if they're just right, they just melt. Oh yeah. If you get you them right out of the oven. To, mm. You don't even have to chew them. They just sort of melt and your your entire mouth is coated with chocolatey goodness. And you know, it it's no wonder that I'm obese as a as an adult. And frankly, I don't care. These cookies were totally worth it. It was worth it. My number four, the oatmeal chocolate no-bake cookies, but only the ones that my grandma made, not these newfangled ones that you kids today can eat. Mm. Uh, So when I lived in Irvine, California, this was uh, not in the so far long ago times where everything was all uh, sunshine and lollipops, but it was still a time when Irvine, California was surrounded by uh, orange groves, and strawberry fields. Uh, the one big strawberry Forever? field 
it kind of felt that way because you would drive by uh, the street that was just, you know, just up the street from my, my apartment complex and you would smell the strawberries wafting in the air. It was just, it was so wonderful. Occasionally it would reach uh, all the way down to uh, where my apartment was, but uh, sadly both those orange groves and the strawberry fields have been replaced with apartment complexes. And I believe they ripped up in my last year that I was in Irvine, they ripped up the strawberry fields and either built a middle school or a high school. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, Somebody out there is, is listening, but the best part was when you could just pull over to the side of the road next to those strawberry fields and the farmer, in addition to, you know, selling all of those strawberries to markets, would also have a stand set up where you could just buy a big basket of strawberries for like five bucks. It was quite the deal. It was a huge basket. But then strawberries by themselves are good, but sometimes you want to get a nice fresh banana and you want to slice it up and serve it with the strawberries. And if you're going to put bananas and strawberries in a mix, maybe add a few grapes. A few grapes in there are really, really good. And then you scoop it up and you put it into this little, what feels like a specialty bowl just for your your fruit, but I think it's really a cup. My number four, a fruit cup. That is a (laughs) spring snack for me, is just a nice, fresh bowl of fruit. In cup size, and, and I know some people want to put some, <laughs> some, um, some whipped topping on there. That's fine. I'm not a big person that likes the whip whipped cream type stuff, so I'll just eat it just like that. And if, if you're feeling really special, instead of using a fork, you can get a toothpick and you can be fancy and just poke each slice of fruit with your toothpick and eat it that way. But, Don't you uh, have to have a British accent when you do that? Though? No, you just go in oh. me, in me, tummy, there, piece of fruit. Om nom nom nom. And Wait, the fruit the seven is, up guy in this and then metaphor? and then the fruit cup is like, oh no, not you again! And I'm like, yes, it's me again! Ha 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 ha! Nom nom nom! All right, that's my number four, the fruit cup. Rodrigo, what do you have for number four? <laughs> what voice do you have for your number four? I, I just, I'm just really enjoying that Stephen's relationship to food is where he's just like terrorizing it. Yeah, of course. Times. Of course. Um. My number four is is a, is a type of fruit, um, and that's white grapes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which are green. Right. Um, but uh, I, I like all all types of grapes. But given the choice, I, I do prefer the white ones. I think they are a little bit less sweet and a little bit. You know, they've got like a little bit of tanginess to them. Um, this is, you know, a snack for when it does start to get a little warmer out. It's nice to just get a bunch of grapes and, you know, sit outside and munch on them. Um, or just, if you know, if all the windows are open in your house, it's just uh, kind of a different experience. I don't know, again, because I've lived, the, I've lived most of my life in a, um, in a post- global village world i don't know if grapes are seasonal to the spring um but i know that they've you know they're available right now uh so i'm just like oh yeah grapes for spring that's great although specifically right now right now uh this having been recorded in 2020 um i've i've found that the uh, amount of washing that needs to happen to fruit to settle my uh, paranoia about uh, uh, viral issues 
mm-hmm. uh, makes grapes a little bit harder to deal with. So uh, this this last uh, supply run that I made, I did not get grapes just because after a couple times, I'm like, I'm tired of like worrying about these grapes. So I just got a bunch of apples. So yeah, easier grape, to wash. Grapes ripen in late summer mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, in the United States and the Midwest. But I'm sure that the fact that there's all around the world, because we always have grapes. The ones that Widget gets that she loves are called Samson's, mm-hmm. which are enormous. Right. And they're they're the green ones that people call white, which I can't be a part of because they're clearly green. So they're green grapes. But if you get a chance to try Samson's, they're big so you can wash them for days like a raccoon. Mm-hmm. And they'll be good when you get there. Oh, that's good. There you go. All right. We have made it to our number three. And Matthew, what is on your number three? Oh, you've already done your number three. Yeah. So my we'll just, number three was a spring roll. So, so we'll just uh, snack. jump over to my number three. And I like a smoothie. Smoothies are good. Sometimes you can take that fruit cup and you can turn it into a smoothie. But one that I discovered not too long ago, which is really, really good, is a peanut butter and banana smoothie. You get like a half a cup of peanut butter, two bananas, and then the liquid of your choice. Could be milk, could be soy milk, could be coconut milk, could be cashew milk, could be almond milk. Or, as I threaten my wife with today, it could even be goat milk, if that is something that you are into. But you just throw those things into the blender and you blend it all up. Throw some ice in there, blend it all up, make it kind of a a little uh, uh, colder. And then you pour that into your, your glass Stick a straw in it. Go, come here, peanut butter smoothie. Ah, uh, you're all mine. And the peanut butter smoothie is like, oh, no. Oh, no. Ooh, ooh. And then you're like, oh, I am full for the next 16 hours because peanut butter and bananas do fill me up. But it's good and it's tasty. Peanut butter and banana smoothie. If you've never tried one, try one. Some people, I think, put Captain Crunch in their peanut butter and banana smoothies. That's okay. I like I think that kind of defeats the purpose of it being called a smoothie. But uh, you do you, man. You do you. Rodrigo, what do you have for number three? I, I kind of feel that if if I was tasked by by someone, they're like, Rodrigo, you have to write a skit in which you like, like kind of make fun of Americans. So come up with a food that sounds like the most American, like a peanut butter and Captain Crunch smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> Would definitely be it. Yeah, right up no. There, yeah. Uh, some people do that. I can't. I can't do it. I mean, some people put peanut butter and Captain Crunch on their hot dogs. Those wow. those people are crazy. Peanut butter that, on a hot dog is good. That see that that that's probably more so like a peanut butter and Captain Crunch hot dog, and then you chase it down with like a like root beer. Yeah, I've I've had a peanut butter hot dog with uh, frosted flakes, but never Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch is too crunchy. Mm. Yeah, it's you want frosted jagged. flakes. Yes, exactly. And then you cover the whole thing with chocolate sauce. Man, that's good. Mm-hmm. There so you go. my... You've now created a sequel to your skit, Rodrigo, right there. Yeah. That um... actually exists, though, and you can you could buy it when the store was still open. It's closed now. Probably because of um... what they were serving. No, nah, it was Texas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it... uh, no, it's no. always Texas. It... It's always Texas causing these problems. Anyway, um, Rodrigo, you're number three, please. Sorry for interrupting you. No, 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 that, that's all right. It's my own fault. I Instead of launching into it, I kind of started you, riffing. You engaged us, so really, yeah. I mean, what else was going to happen? Uh, so my number three is figs. Um, and figs are kind of hard to find 
in most of the U.S., I think, unless you want dry figs or unless you want, like, Fig Newtons. I was going to ask if you have to eat them in Fig Newton form. I, that, I mean, it's not too hard to find dry figs, but fresh figs are difficult to find. And I don't know if this is, like, if these things are seasonal to the spring, but back when I used to eat figs more regularly when I lived in Mexico... Um, I lived in southern Mexico, where really there are only two seasons. There's, you know, like the like dry and wet, um, and it's always hot. So I can't I can't remember what season I actually would eat figs in. But they did come into season, and we'd get a bunch of them. Um, dry figs are great. You know, there are lots. They they taste a lot sweeter. Um, but fresh figs, I don't know. It's just like the texture, the seeds, everything about them is is just different and it's interesting. Um, and, you know, maybe uh, they're just on this list because of nostalgia. Because I, mm-hmm. uh, aside from going to a, to a specialty store, um, they're actually pretty hard to find. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm the only, I think that's the only time I've ever really seen a fig in a product is in a Fig Newton. I don't, especially here, I don't think I've just seen figs in the produce section yeah if you if you look around like usually next to your produce section where they have like dried apples and dry Mm -hmm. like mangoes and stuff you might find some dry figs there yeah interesting interesting all right uh let us get to number two since we've already done matthew's number three the uh the spring roll what do you have for your number two matthew my number two is puzzling because um, for a long time, they were a product of the Dolly Madison Company. Uh, the only reason I know this is because Snoopy and Charlie Brown told me this all year long. And then Dolly Madison went away, and then they were made by Hostess, and then Hostess went away. But somehow now Hostess is back, and they have brought with them the Raspberry Zinger, which is something that you can get all year long because they're made entirely of sawdust preservatives and some sort of red sauce that I think, I don't know, they use to clean combs. But a raspberry zinger just feels very much like a springy sort of snack to be very fresh, very fruity. It's got the coconut, it's got your cake, it's got that stuff in the middle, which I think is some sort of volcanic residue. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I know that it has a higher caloric content than the, you know, the entire state of California. But if you can get the raspberry zingers, they are so good and they are so red and there's no way to eat them without turning your fingers red. They're like the sweet equivalent of Cheetos, except afterwards, instead of looking like you're, you know, covered in orange dust, you look like you killed someone and obviously don't, Remember, kids, PSA, don't do that. But more importantly, do go out, get yourself a raspberry zinger. Now, I I do want to add another sort of little caveat. I don't know if they're good anymore. Because after Hostess went under and a new Hostess existed, I don't think I've had any. So you may have to go back in time to the 1980s. I'm I'm pretty sure that the Hostess cupcakes or the zingers or whatever that you're buying now are the same ones that were around in 1980. <laughs> you think they're just, they made yeah. them and they're they there. They made them all at once. They made them all, all at the once. the zingers that were ever made are already stored made. Stored them in an underground bunker and they bring them out as needed. 
And then occasionally Spider-Man and Captain America would use them to defeat villains. And so if you want to defeat the Red Skull, look like you murdered somebody and also have a really, really sweet snack, you can't beat my number two, a nice raspberry zinger. I think I'm going to try to beat your number two. Matthew. You're going to try. I'm going to try won't. because you won't. this is something that usually pops up right around Easter. Uh, it, I think it's very good, even though you can't have it year round. But if you make it right, it's got the moisture. It's got the bits of carrot in it. It's got the cream. I think it's cream cheese on top. But the the carrot cake is a delightfully spicy little, little uh, piece of bread uh, where you go in and you're like, oh, carrot cake. It's been a whole year, and the carrot cake's like frozen in fear. It's like, oh, I think the guy's gonna come and eat me, and I just like, I'm gonna just cut off a little piece of you and put you in my mouth. Mmm, carrot cake. Steven, you are so do you, delightful. Do you need to talk to someone about your relationship <laughs> I, with food? I, I do. I do podcasts do with you, you guys every week. Do you need an adult. It's the only time that I get to talk to people. But yes, the delightful, delightfully, and cold carrot cake is the best carrot cake. And if anyone yes. tells you otherwise, then they're wrong. But carrot cake, my number two. Mmm, delicious spring snack. Come here, With the, the thick, thick frosting I'm not on a, the outside I'm not a that huge, holds it together. I'm not a huge fan of frosting in any shape or form. Um, really? So for me, it has to be a thin layer of the frosting on top of the carrot cake. Otherwise, it's just too, too, bleh for me. I, frosting, like icing, that of kind frost. of stuff is just like, no, no thanks. But I understand. Some people like to have more of the uh, the frosting than they have cake. But I'm like, mm, I'd rather have a little bit more of the, what's the spice that they put in it? Nutmeg? I forget what the Cinnamon. spice is. Cinnamon? Whatever all it spice. is. All spice. All the spices. Coriander. And a little bit of, a uh, little bit Cardamom. more of a thicker grate, grate of the carrot. Uh, yeah. I think tastes really good. So give me that. Cilantro. Could be, but it doesn't taste soapy enough. Rodrigo, that brings us to your number two. What do you have for number two? Uh, my number two is a snack that I can have year-round, um, but it uh, makes sense, I think, to eat it in the spring specifically because it is, um, it's tart and it's sweet and it's easy to get and you can go, what, what do people do in the spring, like watch baseball? Is that, I suppose. I don't know. Back in the back in the back in the spring, in some the people are forced to go to their kids' uh, uh, spring concerts. Yeah, you can you can smuggle these into your kids' spring concert, oh, okay. and that's uh, peach rings, which oh, are peach rings. Oh. Yeah, which are a type of gummy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows I love fruit. peach yep, rings. You love the peach rings. Um, I I like several types i the trolley ones are okay but man it seems like lately they just haven't a lot of trolley gummies just haven't been at the top of their game i think they changed a lot of their formulas uh the haribo ones are okay but they're expensive um so honestly i'm a fan of just like the gas station ones you know you walk into a gas station and you can buy yeah, uh, like a pound of peach rings for like a dollar and it's got that yellow and red label on top that says yep. peach rings yeah, it just yep. says peach rings, and maybe it has like a picture of a smiling smiley uh, at best. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just you get that, and you know I used to drive up and down Kansas a lot, so take a drink, um, <laughs> and I would just get a bag of peach rings and put them in my uh, cup holder, and I'd just snack on that while I was driving around, and that's why I have. 
dangerous heartburn now. There you go. <laughs> that'll that'll do it. All that all those horse hooves uh, mixed in with your in your mm. uh, uh, peach rings will do it to you. It, it, it's Kansas. They're probably cattle hooves. Not only that, I can't I can't eat those just because I always think of high school science and all the peach ring dishes filled with bacteria and mold. Oh. And I'm like, oh no, I don't want to eat that. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a text, Matthew, and I think it might change your life. Just, <laughs> I'm just gonna spell something out for you. Real quick. <laughs> All right, we have made it to our number one. But before we hit our number one, I want to th- say thank you to everyone There's who's a, a patron. <laughs> I want to say thank you to everyone who's a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Certainly without your help, we wouldn't be able to continue to deliver you these fine shows. Well, fine shows and top five to you week after week after week. How dare you, sir? But we are so, so glad. <laughs> this show is our piece de resistance. We are so, so glad that so many of you continue uh, to be patrons and to support Fine entertainment from major spoilers. Uh, I was looking at our numbers for uh, this past month, and we are only down one dollar, which wow. is amazing. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who continues to support everything that we do at Major Spoilers. Uh, you are the real heroes right now, and we're going to do our number ones dedicated to each one of you. If you would like to become a patron retroactively, and then you can go back and re-listen to this and say, "Oh, they're thanking me," head over to Patreon.com/slash/MajorSpoilers and sign up today. All right, we are now at our number ones. Matthew, what do you have for your number one? My number one is 100% a legitimate spring snack. When I was a kid, it was only available in the spring, although these days I believe that schedules have changed. But throughout the spring, it is the time when the Girl Scouts start selling their cookies. Mm, Yeah, They sell their Thin Mints and they sell their, their Samoas. And they sell their tagalongs, but what they sell. When I was a boy, they used to call these savannas, and I still think of them as savannas. My grandfather was not a snacker. My grandfather had three things in his truck at all times: a stink bait for fishing, a gun in case he caught a snapping turtle while fishing, and box after box of peanut butter sandwich cookies, the savannas from your Girl Scouts. He would literally buy enough to get him through the year and stash them around the house in his areas, in like the garages and the toolkits and the truck and things, so that he always had the cookie that he needed. The only snack he needed, other than the stink bait, which I don't think was a snack for him, but hey, you know, we don't judge. But when you go and you get that first peanut butter sandwich cookie out of the little plastic bag that you have to literally either tear open with your talons or gnaw through like a raccoon in a trap to get at that life-giving sucrose. When you get that first fresh cookie with the peanut butter, it is so good. It's crunchy, but it has the creamy peanut butter in the middle. And you can only get it from like January to April. So if you're like me and you're not good with the whole, you know, impulse control thing, you either got to buy a ton of them and stash them or you got to just enjoy the ones that you have and live for the moment through the cookie that you have. And I feel like sometimes it's a metaphor for life, you know? You've got this cookie. It's a great cookie. There won't be any more until next January. So you have to savor the cookie, kids. You have to love the cookie, live the cookie. And when the cookie is gone, you can remember it fondly and you can move on. And it doesn't talk. 
Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure as you eat that last, as you eat that last little Girl Scout cookie, you're like, oh, Girl Scout cookie. I'm so sorry, Girl Scout cookie. I'll beat you. And then after you follow that, swallow that last little bite, you hear this voice on the wind that says, we'll be back next year. No, you're thinking of Frosty the Snowman. Here's the thing. No, he'll be back again someday. Not next year. Someday. This is the thing. My relationship with food may not be healthy, and it may not be, and you know, and, and it'll probably kill me someday. But they never ever talk. The foods. That's because they don't, don't like you. Don't talk to me. No, Stephen. It's not that they don't like me. <laughs> it's that I don't like to talk to my food. My kid won't eat anything that has a face, which is really a bummer because sometimes I'll make cookies and put faces on them just to taunt her. But I believe that if your food is talking to you. You've done something wrong. Oh, no. It's just a sign that they are totally, totally accepting of their fate. One time I um, I got a watermelon or uh, the, the girl that I was dating at the time got a watermelon and she was excited about uh, eating it later. And I grabbed a cowboy hat and I put it on it and I started calling it Junior. <laughs> and and she couldn't she couldn't eat it anymore. And she, she had to, like, give it to her parents. Oh, my gosh. That is a sweet wow, girl. That's a, that's a, a weird metaphor that's right a, there. That's a kind woman, and I believe I, I, I empathize with her. If my food was like, no, please, Steven, don't eat me, I wouldn't eat it. You got to show yeah. it who's boss. I know who's boss. I paid for it. But if it starts begging for its life, I'm going to let oh, it go. It, it never begs for its life. It's accepting of its fate. It just is like, oh, yeah. I was surprised to see you it's, here so soon. It's or, just, oh, it's just scared again. about the chewing. Yeah. Right. Which brings me to my number one. I guess I call it a cheese plate because, you know, you take a little Swiss cheese, maybe a little cheddar cheese, maybe a little whatever cheese that you want. You make five or six little slices of each of the different types of cheese, and then you maybe cut up some apples, and then you put some grapes with it as well, and you just have a little plate, and that's what you eat. As you're watching the world spiral out of control around you, you can just eat the cheese and the apples and the grapes, and they're just so shocked that they don't say a thing. It's like, it's like, uh, what's her name said? What's her name? Suzanne Plachette, the queen of France said during the revolution, she said, let them eat cheese. That's, that's what it was. I'm sure that's what it was. But yes, the cheese yeah. plate, that little, uh, you know, if you have some, what are the little, the Melba toasts? If you can get a little Melba toast oh, with God, your. Oh God, never eat Melba toast. Oh, that's the best. That's how you no. wash it all down. No. Yes. Melba is. toast is not food. Melba toast is what they make furniture out of. I know, but it stabilizes the cheese and the fruit as you're putting it into your mouth. Don't eat and unstable then, cheese. But, but the thing is, the Melba ch- toast always turns to the to the camera and is like, it's a living. <laughs> Rodrigo, what do you have for your number one? Uh, my number one, uh, number one spring snack is for the end of spring where it is definitely starting to get warm and it's not raining so much anymore um and that is a float oh yeah an entire parade float <laughs> no um, i mean it's, it's not you know. really a cake rodrigo it yeah. looks like a cake it looks, but yeah. it's made of flowers yeah and the um, deltas are inside with their car that they turned never mind yeah um no i i like uh i like floats but here's here's the type of float i like usually again if you talk to americans about floats the first place that they'll go to is a root beer float which mm-hmm. is usually vanilla ice cream uh suspended in some root beer um i think the best type of float is coca-cola as the medium and then 
uh, what sounds really fancy in that you have to like specify, but like a lemon sorbet um, or a lime sorbet. Um, and, and again, I, I feel like it, 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 it makes it sound a lot fancier, but you have to specify that it's not ice cream with like milk in it. Not it like has to be, yeah, it has to be like something that does the, spe- it's not ice cream. It's like frozen fruit juice with sugar. Um, and again, calling it a sorbet makes it, makes it sound extra fancy, but I feel like that's the sort of thing that's just like, you know, back when I was living in Mexico, about half of your choices when you went to an ice cream shop didn't have any milk in it. It's just a lot more common. Um, so yes, I think that the best you can do is, um, a lime ice type situation in a a tall glass of Coca-Cola you put in a straw and you put in a spoon if you want to eat the ice cream. And then you'll be at the end, after you've eaten the ice cream, left with a kind of lime Coke concoction, which is itself very good. Now, do you have to use the the imported Coca-Cola that has the different flavoring with the you know, cane I'm, sugar? You know, I'm or not that are? I'm actually not that picky about that. I like I, I like high fructose corn syrup Coca-Cola just fine. Uh, the Mexican Coke tastes different, and that's fine. But honestly, nowadays, you know, this is my number one, but I can't have this anymore. I just have, uh, right. because of my migraines, I have a very contentious relationship with caffeine. So um, I, I've just, I've actually cut out caffeinated beverages altogether. I don't, I don't have any... Uh, I don't drink Coke or like Dr. Pepper anymore. Um, but if I did, if I was going to, I wouldn't be too picky. I guess if I was like, if I did, I guess it would have to be like for a special occasion, like right. being on death row or something. And right. then I'm like, well, I don't care if I get a migraine tomorrow. It's going to go straight through my head anyway. So um, I'll, uh, yes, I'll get a Mexican Coke, some lime sorbet, and then make myself afloat that way. Man, this episode got dark. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I started, uh, I started I think it was feeling I... it. The, I started feeling it the moment that you know Stephen's food is hiding in the refrigerator and they can hear him coming. <laughs> I know, right? I think it's when I said you have to show him who's boss that it really took the turn. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, what are Father, your Father, listeners, dear listeners, dear listeners? What is your favorite springtime food that you like to terrorize? Oh, why don't you head over to our Discord server in the top five channel and share your top five spring uh, snacks? If you don't know where our Discord is, there's a link in the show notes. Just click on it and click on the link, and it'll take you right to the Discord. You can go in and you can say hi to all the fine people over there. Super, super awesome people all over there in the Major Spoilers Discord. And if you have a Patreon account, you can link your Patreon account to the Discord and get access to even more stuff in our Discord server. It's all over there at the uh, Discord. Uh, I can't, you can't really say, is it Discord.com? I don't know how any of that works. Anyway, we'll see you over there to see your top five list because... Everybody loves a list. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.